Hey, this is Evergreen, where our stories never go out of season. I'm Mitchell, and I'm a journalist. This here's Caleb. And I'm an audio engineer. And here we explore the one constant that brings us all together, storytelling. And today we're having our first episode of Evertales. It's a new series that we've been working on. So last week we chose three topics. Werewolves, the Cold War, and M&M chocolate chip cookies. And our guest today is uh, Joshua Biscara. Hey! He uh, came alongside to write a story with the three topics, and now we're going to present them to you. So. so without further ado, enjoy our first ever tale. It's cold this morning, and I hate the cold. It brings back some old Novarian memories that I'd like to drown out. I felt the breeze blowing over my bare chest and chilling my face. I'm having this wonderful dream, too. I see myself walking through my lousy excuse of an apartment to answer the knocking at my door. As I wade through old cartons of takeout and piles of dirty clothes, I notice that my door still says private investigator on the window. I hadn't been active since last October, and I ain't got any family. So who would want to be coming in this early? I answer the door, and in front of me stands something that confirms that I'm dreaming. (laughs) She wore a bright green coat and a matching trilby hat with a black ribbon around its base. Behind what looked like a morning veil were soft cheeks, a pointed nose, squared chin, and glowing bright green eyes with sparks of blue that seemed to bloom around the dark, captivating center. Her smooth, creamy skin looked gently kissed by the sun, and her hair were the golden rays that did it. She introduced herself as, well, to be honest, I missed her first name, so I stuck with calling her Miss Smith. Before the conversation went anywhere else, something hit me. I think it was her words, something about not wearing pants. The cold realization of being awake was much colder than the wind that woke me up. I took a few moments and disappeared back into the apartment to put on some clothes. The clothes at my desk would do. I returned to the door and she gives me something I wasn't looking for at all. Her best friend Gala went missing two weeks ago. The police were looking into it, but, well, to be honest, I didn't hear much else. I was way too lost in those pearls of land and sky. Before I knew it, she was walking away, and I was looking at 13 grand. Some friend. Luckily, one of the few things I did hear was that our missing person had been going to the Autumn Glory every night for one month before her disappearance. The Autumn Glory was a bar on the other side of the city, and was said to have been an old warehouse used by Turian calibrators in the Cold War. I say... Get enough swollen to someone, and they'll believe you're David Kessler. Fortunately for everyone, I've got the morning to kill. They don't open until six. And let's see. My watch says it's four. I grab my trench coat and hat. Looks like another rainy night ahead. The brown was faded and had a few rings of coffee mugs dotted here and there. No time to clean. And the rain was going to do it anyway. 
I was reaching for my gun, but something told me my pistol wasn't welcome anymore. I headed down to the streets to hopefully catch a shuttle. God, I hated this building. Children always crying, air thick with smoke. Neon lights from out on the street blaring in, and the sounds of fake moans earning their paycheck ran all day and night. As I exit the building and try to hail a cab, the sound of honking shuttles, violent expletives, and blaring sirens assaulted my ears. Damn it. I knew I forgot something. My flask. The only thing that'll dull this noise to a kitten's purr. But it was too late. The hovering sound of a red shuttle pulls up, and before I know it, I'm already buckling up. The driver welcomes me in. He was a seemingly short and stocky man with buzzed black hair, puffy cheeks, large brown eyes, tight green shorts, and red shirt adorned with almost green grease stains. And uh, I love New York. He introduced himself as Baldwin and thanks me for choosing his cap. I should be thanking him for choosing me out of that mess of a crowd. He smiled with slightly yellow teeth as he raised his mug of coffee, as if he already knew the destination I was giving him. It was worth giving an extra 30 for a smooth and silent ride with only the sound of soothing jazz to lull me to sleep. I dreamed of myself getting out of that cab, tipping my hat to excellent service, but trudging through the rain and mud before entering that smoke-filled red glowing hellhole and beelining straight to the bar and ordering a Morrow Clementine. As fire scorches my throat, I come to another burning realization that I was awake again. Hmm. At least the drink is real. I do my best to blend in, which wasn't hard. Just needed to keep a guarded face and a never empty glass. People from every race looking like the same shade here. Gotta thank them though. Help me pay bills for the past 20 years. Hours go by. Glasses go empty. Unlike my tab. All of it's displaying news about wars here, politics there, the end of time conspiracies, people flying off to other galaxies, and ugh, advertisements. God, those were the least convincing. A great war hero like that would never shop there. I don't care if they recorded them saying it. Oh, it was my favorite store on the Citadel. Bull. I was starting to lose hope in feeling like I conned a beautiful dame. Until she came in. Yeah, that outfit gives her away. I can see why they were friends. They had similar taste in clothes, just that she wore red. Her face was square-shaped, her cheeks round, her eyes small, yet piercing with a deep hazel. Her skin was pale blue like the sky, yet her cheeks had a soft rosy tint. She walked over to the smoking tables and took a seat across a big orange Krogan wearing dark red armor with bright yellow rose petals sketched on the shoulder pauldron. Man, I'm starting to miss my pistol. They begin to talk and my lip reading is rusty, so I do what any smart investigator would do. <laughs> I take out a brown cigar with a green wrapping that had apparently been waiting for me in my coat. I walk up to them and ask for a light. The Krogan obliges and I walk away. Luckily, he was too busy with his date to realize that I bugged his lighter. 
turned the corner on the girl's side of the booth and put my hand up to my ear. Placing my jaw in my palm and pressing my index finger against my ear, cigar still in mouth, I could hear them finishing the conversation. Apparently, her employer owes this guy some money, and while he has the goods, they won't be given until he has the creds. She says not to worry and that her employer is waiting for them at a discreet meeting place and will be present with the money. Looks like our little guppy got on the wrong side of business. Or maybe he did. Only one way to find out. After 30 minutes of drinks and fake romance, she leaves. I follow her, cigar in mouth. Gotta quit eventually. Another 30 minutes of sticking to the shadows and a few close calls, ducking and squeezing through tight, muddy alleyways. She stands in front of a door. I hadn't done this since my first case on Novaria with Malum Squad. After seeing how this meeting place had no escape routes, paired with a hint of nervousness in her voice, I could easily see this was her first time. She's going to need help. I emerge from the shadows and begin to enter the alley lit up by the moon. I take a few strides forward and begin to excuse and introduce myself before I hear a deep and growling voice behind me. Man, I really wish I had my pistol. It asks me, where's his money? I try to calmly placate him, but in true Krogan fashion, he throws down his gun in case and charges straight for me head first. Let's see if I remember how to do this. Quick counter charge, faint right, and roll to the left. Pull the trigger and before you know it, he's dead. I begin to tell the woman that her friend luckily sent the best, and that the best way to thank both of us is over drinks. I then begin to think to myself as I pick up the cigar and inhale that last bit of warm amber that I still got it. But just as I think it, an outer and familiar voice says it in tandem. I hear a gunshot. Look to the shotgun and no smoke. I turn around and see my own pistol just barely poking out from the shadows into the moonlight, smoking at the barrel. I feel warmth, not from the cigar but in my hand as I grip my stomach and fall to my knees. She rebuttals her first comment and says that I still got most of it anyways. Miss Smith and Baldwin walk over me as I lay down beginning to feel cold on the inside, and yet warm on the out, as my own blood begins to puddle around me. Seeing how the cigar's green clashed with the red of blood, I finally realized what's going on. Miss Smith removes her trilby hat and veil. I see the face of my ex-wife. Baldwin shows me scars I left him back when he was skinny. Gala stands unknown and silent. The missus goes on about the day I betrayed them on Novaria 25 years ago, and that sentiment was always my weakness. <laughs> well, she wasn't wrong, but she likes to leave out the part where they'd gone rogue and betrayed the Alliance. Easily one of the things that broke our marriage. All I say is that she looks good. She begins to monologue more, but everything was fading. At least it's warm, I smell. M&M chocolate chip cookies. Mm. <laughs>
cafe was bustling that night. An older woman in a knee-high skirt skirted past me, lattes in hand. Her apron smelled of cinnamon and nutmeg. The cookies in front of me still demanded most of my attention, though. Well, the cookies and the girl. She reached out her hands, perfectly manicured nails delicately picking up the still warm chocolate chip cookies. Her fingers grazed over the red and green M&Ms before she slowly took a bite, smiling the whole time. My mouth watered. So, what do you do? She asked, her black hair spilling out from the scarlet cap. Oh, you know, a little of this and a, a little bit of that, I retort. I tend to work nights, you know, keep stuff in order. Well, Betty says you, you really work late hours. It's part of why you let her stay over at your place with Jack so often. She giggles slightly. To be honest, you sound like a bit of a workaholic. The hustle and bustle of the cafe was dwindling. But these quiet moments between our banter felt nearly magical, like something out of Grimm's fairy tales. Well, when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, I smile back. <sighs> Betty and Jack. Those are some good old friends. They swore I would enjoy this blind date, and, well, so far, let's just say they weren't wrong. But the cookies were waning. Only one or two now remained on the plate. And my Americano was cold by now as well. I didn't mind, though. The beauty across from me opened her mouth to reply, but then the espresso machine behind the counter erupted with a steam and a hiss. The hairs on my arm stood up on end. I never did like loud noises. Speaking of passions, she continued, I think that I've sniffed yours out. My eyes darted immediately to hers as I did my best to unfurl my brow. Damn. He's quite around his friends, spends his nights at work, and lets others enjoy what he has. I clinch and unclench my fists. How could she have figured me out? The years I spent keeping my secret, and now this beautiful woman has discovered it over coffee and cookies? She looked around and then moved closer to me, our faces almost touching. You know, it's okay, and you're not alone. My eyes must have looked like full moons. She gave me a crooked smile and then picked up the last piece of the last cookie. I couldn't believe it. I'd met another one of my kind. We were so scarce, especially now that the government was aware of our attempts to invade the countryside. Maybe, maybe finally I wouldn't feel so alone. She leaned back in her chair, pausing a moment before finally sighing and laughing to herself. <laughs> I'm glad, she admitted. I was worried I'd never meet another communist. Now, of course, I had to invite her back to my place. And now, of course, she said yes. Luckily, the forecast was for a dark night. There was no moon in the sky. I swept her up in my arms and carried her off to my bedroom. It was a fairy tale ending to our fairy tale date. Unfortunately, this fairy tale ending was Little Red Riding Hood and not Sleeping Beauty. There's really no neatly composed way to say this. I ate her, bones and all. To be fair, I might be a werewolf, but at least I'm not a damn commie. I just enjoy the taste of red meat. So thanks for joining us for this first episode of Evertales. It was a lot of fun. I hope you guys had fun, too. And thank you, Josh, for uh, being involved in this episode. Hey, no problem. If people want to get a hold of you, Josh, where, uh, where can they find you? 
Well, uh, the the only thing I have is a Twitch, uh, Biscuits 501st. Oh, cool. Here you go. If you guys want to hear more of uh, Josh's sultry voice, you can find it over there. Great. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at Evergreencast. Fire away. I'm there all the time online. I will respond, I promise. And actually, we have to choose our topics for the next Evertale, which is going to be taking place on Halloween. So there's a little bit of a different rule happening with this next episode. We are still choosing three topics at random. However, the only rule is that it has to be a horror story. You got to keep it spooky. So, Josh, would you mind randomly selecting our numbers? Yeah, we got a six. That is a cell phone with low battery. Ooh, that that sounds pretty easy. Go ahead, Josh. Choose another one. Okay, let's see. Number 70. Your previously deceased dog. Oh. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Oh. Poor Pooch. This is already working so well with a horror story. Okay, last number. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, 28. A pint of Guinness. Oh, oh that sounds delightful. <laughs> what, do you, what do you call that, Caleb? The blonde lady in the black dress. Nice. <laughs> Real nice. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us for this first ever tale. See you next week. Oh, and we'd also like to thank Incompetech.com as well as FreeMusicArchive.com for providing most of the music. We have more fledged out sources in the description below, but thank you for helping us out.